0: Tales from the Tavern was recorded in front of a live Twitch audience. ¶¶ everybody. We are back with another episode of Tales from the Tavern. I hope you all are having a great Sunday. Thank you for all the nice things you were saying about Tales from the Tavern in chat today. Love you guys. You're the best. Um, we have a great panel of uh, people here, a little mix of people who have been here before and people who haven't. So I'm going to have everybody go around and uh, introduce themselves and tell us a little bit about uh, who you are and what you do and where we can find you on social media. So Mel, we're going to start with you.
1: Hello, hello. I'm Mel. I am an artist on my own stream here on Twitch, Jelly Milly Draws. I like to stream every Saturday morning and work on commissions and personal pieces. I've done character art, TTRPG item art, and even Twitch graphics. I've done a lot of stuff. But what I enjoy, other than doing the art, is playing Dungeons and & Dragons, and as such, I get to do that twice a week, Thursdays, Sundays, over at Lionhead Gaming, where I play my bubbly dream druid, Persephone, or my very, very bitter, tragic nymph, Nyx. Yes,
0: awesome. and you should definitely um, follow Mel's streams because then you get to be a jelly bean. True story. Ooh, um, that's well, fun. Yeah, I'm super glad it worked out for, uh, for your schedule this week, Mel, because we only get to have you on when you don't have a stream, so. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, all right, next we're gonna go to JV. <laughs> Hi
2: everyone, I'm JV Hampton Van pronouns they, she, I am a podcaster, a writer, and a voice actor, um, in an alternate order to whatever I just said, uh, <laughs> probably voice actor first, podcaster second, writer third. Um, I have a podcast called JV Reads the Tea, where I read, uh, tarot cards for my guests, it's always quite a fun and exciting time. Um, I barely know how to re... Or I, guess I, I guess I'm i getting better at it, so it's fine. But it, it occasionally gets deeply unhinged, and it's very fun. Um, occasionally the cards decide to prank me when I have someone on who is, to me, extremely famous. and I And I'm very excited about it. And then they only choose to talk about home decor which i will never never forget that they did that to me it was so (laughs) embarrassing anyway um (laughs) so uh i frequent i'm most frequently on uh twitter uh just i don't know saying whatever um (laughs) just talking and having fun over there um and uh yeah that's that's me. That's what I do.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks for coming to, to join in tonight. I super appreciate it, and I'm looking forward to chatting a little more. Um, mm-hmm. Now, if you are here and you don't know Remove Disc, that's your fault, because Disc is on our Wednesday night stream every week. So Disc, tell us a little about you.
3: Hello, I am Remove Disc. Um, I uh, Yes, I'm on the Wednesday night stream, uh, Fifty Shades of Crimson. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I play uh, Martov the Collector. Um and uh it's it's a very fun time there. Uh definitely check us out if you haven't and uh yeah, a little bit about myself. I um have been playing uh tabletop RPGs since I was like 16, so like 10 years now
0: Wow, that long. I was going to say like 3 or 4.
3: <laughs> yeah, um young, but it's fun. I I usually play Pathfinder, so it's it's a lot of fun.
0: <laughs> yes, and uh, and you are you are darn good at it too.
3: <laughs> I try.
0: Well, thanks for coming to hang out. I've been looking forward to having you on again for a while. So, and I'm, I'm glad it worked out with scheduling.
3: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And uh, next we'll go over to Shan.
4: Why? <laughs> uh, hey, everybody. Uh, my name is Shan. Um, you'd find me, I guess, on. Not on any streams yet, but I have two of them coming very soon. Um, One of which is going to be my own homebrew world, which is going to be Aramis uh, Towers of Heaven. And then, because I'm a white wolf dork, uh, I will also be doing an Exalted game using Isekai nonsense in order to make it just way, way, way more funny. Um... Yeah, you can also follow me over at Lunar Hell Gaming. Um, I'm literally reading the the, the the ad copy that we wrote to remember <laughs> all this nonsense because I'd never remember it. I never remember this stuff. Um, yeah, you can also follow me over at Lunar Hell Gaming. Um, I don't do a lot yet, but that channel is about to come very, very busy. So I hope you all join me. Thank you.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you for uh, for coming on and hanging out. Um, and uh, next, we'll go over to Casey.
5: Hello, everyone. My name is Casey Williams, AKA the Adjunct GM. Uh, on the Primaterial plane, at least, I am a English teacher and reporter uh, in a place not far from Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, but on the internet, I stream tabletop RPG content, including live plays and interviews. I have a YouTube channel, and uh, thats I'm working on that one still a little bit. But uh, you can find me on different channels, including my own, uh, the Adjunct GM, uh, playing games and talking about games and having fun with it.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you for coming back on. <laughs> uh, I'm excited to uh, to chat more with you guys. So, uh, I am Gamer Mom Luna. This is Tales from the Tavern. If you have not been with us before, the way that this works is uh, we ask our chat to ask us questions. So you can go ahead and drop your questions right into chat. We have a moderator who will make sure that we get them. And... Um, usually what happens is uh, I will start off with a question. So um, if you guys want to start throwing stuff into chat, feel free. Um, But the first question that I am going to ask everybody is, when you are playing at an actual table using real dice, do your dice have to match? Yes.
1: (laughs) Uh, If I were to one day play at a table, My dice don't need to match, like, each other. They just need to match my character.
0: That's fair. I hear that a lot, actually. If I
5: have a set that all matches, I take the whole set out for a game. Though I definitely have some D20s that I bought just as D20s that come out as well that just don't have a set. I got some the other day that have that like uh, glitter gel infill, so it looks like they have like a swirly uh, interior. Oh! I I don't have a set of those, but the D20s are amazing. So whatever.
0: (laughs) I've always been intrigued by those, but I worry about the balance of them. Oh, those are pretty.
4: (gasps) Yeah, I love mites. Oh wait, are we showing off dice on the Uh, stream? Oh sure, do it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) These are my these are my dice for Persephone. Greens and pink oh minor obscure oh,
2: upstairs.
4: oh, oh no, no I don't have my, oh no I don't have my bag uh, it's a, it might be in my bedroom Alright, I'll are... go get it I'll get it later to show off my dice oh uh.
5: we mentioned you... world of darkness campaigns there's no way I have a matching set of d10s though <laughs> those are just all of one dice from each of my set or my collection uh contributes to the to my world of darkness games.
2: Like, last ones I was using are these ones, which are simply like regular. I don't even remember where I got these. I know I got them from somewhere like in person and I was like surprised they were there, but like it. <laughs> um, but I got them simply because they're black and gold. Um, so my solution to this is constantly just if you have a vibe that you just sort of stick with, like, constantly. My username on here is red, black, golden. I have a theme, and I just sort of (laughs) stick with it, Um, with the noted exception of the fact that this uh, wig is blue. But underneath this, my hair is vibrant red right now. So there is that. Um, (laughs) So if I stick with that theme, then everything just sort of falls into place. Um, And I don't have to worry about whether or not the color is gonna match. and uh, I always find a reason that it would work for whatever character I'm going with.
0: I just got a brand new set that I can show off. Uh, so these were the um, the Kickstarter from... oh my gosh, who was it? Uh, now I can't remember who it was. Uh, I will look, and I will. Um, but anyway, this was the set that I ended up getting. So they're like a frosted, but there's like glitter on the inside. I don't know if my camera's picking it up or
5: not. Yes. Oh my
0: God. So.
5: FOMO need- engaged. I didn't do that Kickstarter.
0: Yeah. Skull Splitter. Desire. That's, what it, is. That's what it is. So yeah, so I got it up with a set of two D twenties, uh, four D sixes, and then the rest of the polyhedral set, and I was like, this is so cool where am I going to store these because nothing is big enough for that many (laughs) so I'm I'm just going to have to well yeah I'm just going to have to like knit myself a new dice bag once I finish the one that was commissioned for me like four months ago um (laughs) but Um, they're yeah they're really nice so (laughs) (laughs)
2: um
4: I have a customized dice bag that a friend of mine made for me one Christmas probably like five or six years ago and um (laughs) It has my name on it, and then on the other side is like a wolf anagram, and like my favorite shade of green.
2: Oh, cool!
4: And I don't know. I
2: love that.
4: Yeah. (laughs) Um, and uh, yeah, it keeps all my my devil beasties in line, so that they know if they start rolling ones, they go into the demon bag, Mm. and so they behave themselves. (laughs) I don't have the dice in my
5: office right now. But my brother got me some from a Kickstarter from a company I really enjoy. Uh, Elder Dice is probably one of my favorite <gasps> for dice, and I don't know if you're familiar. They make some great designs that come in these little, tiny dice boxes that are books.
0: Oh, I need to open these love guys. Those. Oh,
2: that's cool. <laughs> uh,
0: I think vibe. the company is Astral Black.
2: <laughs> that is such a vibe. I just... I. Oh my god, I love it so much. It
5: matched so perfectly. I was playing a uh, Glamour Bard slash uh, Fae Warlock in a a campaign that went like two years, and my brother was like, Sigil of the Dreamlands. That sounds like Casey would dig that. And it... it, (laughs) I I did.
2: Oh
4: yeah, that's awesome. I I also have a match set of the um, Black Lives Matter dice done by I want to say heart dice forever ago
0: yep i remember that or
4: heartbeat one or the other Yeah, heartbeat dice i think yeah and those uh, are gorgeous yeah. oh yeah and when i'm because i'm usually a gm i don't play that much but uh when i'm rolling and somebody gets hit by that fist i'm like
0: yeah, yeah.
4: <laughs> that blm comes up I'm like wow yes
1: that's also like-
5: the best dice it's like quality wise
1: I also like to get dice bags that match the dice, that match the character, so this particular one is from Magic and Stitchcraft, and this is for my nymph, Nyx, and of course, in them are her dice. But what I really like about them is that they have these little flowers on top that clip off.
4: Uh, Oh, that's ballad What flavor of water oil comes in that bag?
1: Oh, in this one, uh, this one are uh, gemstone uh, dice for that character because she is uh she's my character for our odyssey of the dragon lords game so she is an ore nymph which is like the stars so blue goldstone for that so they're blue dark dark blue and sparkly with grecian-esque letters that's awesome that's awesome that's
2: That's beautiful
5: do y'all get new dice when you have a new character that you think is going to last a while Yep. I definitely, like, as soon as I make a new character, anywhere I go, I'm like, that dice would really match them. Mm. That's a thing. I yeah, I usually, I
1: usually wait a bit. Uh, normally because, yeah, you don't know how long character is going to last, but because I don't do the dice based just on their color palettes, but based on, like, their personality, sort of. Mm-hmm. So I had a brute fighter tiefling, and her color palette was not compatible with any dice I was gonna find. She had like magenta skin and really dark, almost black purple hair and orange eyes. And I was like, trying to find dice that match that palette was a mess, but she was hard-headed and stubborn. So I came to the realization that metal dice would work with her.
2: Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> Perfect. I should have done that for the last character that I, Wound up playing it, but we also like barely wound up rolling. <laughs> we wound up barely rolling dice actually throughout the whole game. Um, which um, I think I would say I would chalk that up to it being um, it was a uh, Back to Dairy uh, by Christine Previs. It was a wonderful game, um, and I loved being in it and it got to be Mike Hanlon naturally. Um, I. Nobody else in the group that wouldn't have made sense for anybody else in the group naturally fell to me for obvious reasons. Um, but I thought initially that it was gonna be like two sessions, so when we hit 16, no 14, sorry, 14, um, I sort of Fourteen episodes released to that, so that's fun. Um, but we literally all thought it was going to be like three, and wow, um, we were off air uh, by a lot. Um, <laughs> but it was really fun. But like, because I had thought like, yeah, it's going to be a shorter thing. I figured it didn't. Re- I didn't really need to get them. But I kind of regret that, and I think I might just retroactively do that. Like now, just. Commemorative of that experience, even yes. if they weren't used during the thing. <laughs> yeah.
1: Absolutely, do that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, we just had yeah. someone in chat say, "I've never bought dice for a PC. I buy dice because they look awesome." Totally yeah. a valid that
4: checks reason. Out. Yeah, that's fine. Buy stuff for the aesthetic. It's fine.
1: There was yeah. a uh, there was a trend on art Twitter a while back where people would take pictures of dice and create a character around the aesthetic of the dice. Ooh. And I've been wanting to do that for a while. Not That's like cool. building not like building a DD character, but just like character design challenge type stuff.
2: I love that.
4: That's I still amazing. have my uh, original werewolf the apocalypse die uh dice set somewhere. And uh, actually it's mixed in with my greater sort of dice collection. But yeah, I, I still have that and whenever I play Werewolf the Apocalypse, I break those dice out. Like, alright. Time to come home,
2: boys. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, good times.
0: Alright. Well, we got a question from Jim the Dim. And Jim would like to know, what would your favorite character's video game of choice be?
2: (sighs) Hmm...
1: Persephone would 100% enjoy games like Animal Crossing, uh, Slime Rancher, Harvest Moon. Basically, I can make friends with these things and hang out with them kind of games. Cozy games. That yeah.
0: <laughs> That
2: is very
5: fun. My current rogue gunslinger, uh, Simon McKenna... Uh, who doesn't want to be an adventurer just wants to like go home would play fallout 4 but just do the settlement stuff like just build little communities and be like okay they're safe and happy i'm
2: good i think there was there was a character that i sort of it wound up basically being the same character just over a bunch of different campaigns um, because that character was amazing. Um, and I, 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 well, I loved him. He was very, very good. Um, yeah, I think he would like Assassin's Creed. Probably Assassin's Creed Origins. That um, just feels like a thing he would be good at. Um. Oh man. Oh yeah. That would be really fun. Yeah. I also enjoyed that game, and I but I didn't know I enjoyed that game till this year. And I stopped sort of retired that character a couple of years ago, but I think he would really like that. I would like oh. hmm. desk.
3: Yeah. Okay fine Um, (laughs) My character on Wednesday, Mark Tav the Collector uh, Would play this phone game That I've been playing for a very long time Called Merchant RPG Where you are a merchant And you send people out to collect things Oh my
0: god (laughs) It's
3: exactly his personality
0: (laughs) It sounds just like it Yeah
4: Nice Yeah. Uh, My Solar Exalted General would probably be an rts nerd just because it's just like what managing troops i'm really good at that let's come up with all these bizarre strategies and see if they work i'm just gonna send one tank out and then when the monsters come to kill it i'm gonna send a hundred tanks behind him and see what happens it's like why are, why are you like this so yeah he would definitely be an rts nerd
0: trying to think I think well if I was talking about uh, Eevee, Eevee would probably be in the same boat as Persephone like Stardew Valley like you know anything along those lines um but my character Eda Briggs she was kind of an interesting one um she would also probably fall like in the Assassin's Creed camp um she was a weird she was a weird mix of characters she was a ranger she was a rogue ranger fighter (laughs) so yeah
5: i don't know why but i feel like Ida bricks would love banjo kazooie
0: well that's the thing too is like she'd also probably like (laughs) secretly love a game like that but like it would be the thing that like she wouldn't let anybody knew that she played
5: I don't know why that makes so much sense to me, but I just am like,
0: yeah. Yeah, sounds about right. Oh my goodness. All right. Well, we had, a, uh, we had an ask my question next come in. So for those of you who don't know what that means, that means that somebody has spent channel points and they have bumped their question up to the top of the queue. So Vertrox Nightblood would like to know, what is a system that you want to play or run but have not been able to play or run yet?
5: Mm-hmm.
2: So many.
0: My answer is yes.
1: <laughs> yes. I'm
0: not... <laughs> Perfect. I'm not going to go
1: with that one.
5: I'm an, mm. I am am a total nerd for running as many systems as I can. I love trying new systems, and I go through them pretty quickly. I'm going to say one that's not out yet that I'm really excited to try because that's a reason that I haven't played it yet other than I, my list is too long. Uh, I am really... Really excited for Avatar Legend.
0: <laughs> I've heard a lot of people are super pumped for that one. <laughs> oh, that's really fun.
5: Uh
2: oh. one looks so fun.
5: Some of my favorite designers are on that project. And like it's a list of people who are behind this book that I like I, I'm i not questioning that I will like it. I'm just gonna like it. <laughs> Similarly, uh while I have the PDF, I can't wait to get my physical book of a. Flames of Freedom uh, from the Zweihander system and try that one out.
0: Nice.
3: I really want to run uh, a one-shot game called uh, Slasher Flick where it's, you're playing a, a horror movie and like, every you're it, so it's like, it's funny, but like, there's genre points so like, if you do something like, go off on your own or say like, this can't end poorly or something like that, you get like, genre points and like, you can spend those on things it's... it's
4: Oh, it looks so
1: good. Okay, I'm going to change my answer. I want that. <laughs>
4: <laughs> remind me. Yeah. Uh, this is not me answering. This is me asking Mel to please remind, uh, remind me to let you know about a game that my friend made called The Old Ways. Uh, I think you would like it a lot. It is folk horror. Ooh. So you are literally like a group of people who have wandered into a town and for whatever reason and you can natu- you can randomly generate while you're in the town and then stuff starts to happen <laughs> perfection yeah it is R- remind me to, and I'll, I'll, I'll uh, give you the information on that later um, but yeah my, my sister freaking loves me
0: so somebody so, in chat uh, just said oh cool share that with the class I want to try that <laughs>
4: Oh what? uh, Uh, Oh what? uh, The old ways. All right, cool. Um, my friend uh, mother Mother Multiverse makes that. Um, she's you could just look her up on itch. I think the game's like ten bucks or some nonsense. It might be a little more. I don't go on itch that often, so yeah. Um, it yeah. So it's super duper cheap, but you know. I I would read through it. It is really fun and really creepy. And expect like this is a one-shot engine. I'm telling you that right up front. There, there are a lot of scenarios where no character will survive. So be okay with that.
5: <laughs> Someone in the chat mentioned uh, Necro Zeal or uh, oh, Yeah uh, Necrobiotic. That? Which I'd say I'm really excited. I have gotten to play that one time. I, uh, uh, Weave the Tail did a, uh, a stream of it and I got to play it a little bit. It's, it's worth being excited about. It's, it's really fun.
4: Uh, my answer as of right now, like officially answering, is Age of Sigmar because apparently I'm a woke hammer bro, which I'm all about that. Like, you know what? challenging a bunch of the weird social stuff that was creeping around Warhammer and actually making it open for everybody. Yeah, I'm all about this life. Who knew? <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: I'm trying to think of one that I haven't played that I really want to. And like, honestly, like most people uh, will be like, hey, you want to try this new game? And I'm like, yeah, I'm down. Like, I'll try just about anything once uh, game-wise. Um, and uh, I know, Casey, I know you played it, but um, I just got an invite uh, that I unfortunately had to turn down for right now, but an invite to play uh, a Witcher game. And um, that's definitely on my list of things that I'd like to try just because I'm a fan of the Witcher, like the franchise in general, not just the games, but the whole franchise. I need more. What's that? What's
5: that? I need more of that game. It was so. We had to cut it a little shorter than I wanted, but it was super fun.
0: Yeah, and then um, I've played it. I've done one shots a few times, but I would recommend. And I I didn't know he's in chat. Um, I would recommend Aether and Steamworks to just about anybody. Um, by uh, by Ty Burris, uh, he's a uh, RF Chaos in chat. So um, that's a ton of fun. Like you're welcome. Um. Uh, it's yeah. It's just a really great system that is like steampunky and magic and you know it's like it's kind of a nice mix for like for me personally it's a nice mix of like high fantasy and and not at the same time so it you know it i think it kind of scratches that you know both sides of that for the for me but um yeah i will most people will be like hey you want to try a one shot of you know whatever the game is yeah i'm down i'll give it a try so yeah. All hmm. right. Let's see. Um, next question that we have is from uh, Dag Baitway. Um, if you use a VTT, a virtual tabletop, do you guys change the colors of your dice in the various DTTs when you start rolling badly? Nah. Yes. Yes. I <laughs> <need> yes. <laughs> you got to
3: grab a new set of dice.
1: Yeah.
4: I the don't staple. even know. Well, need so, so, like,
1: my, so we rolled the dice on the virtual tabletop so in order to change them is a lot more work than just grabbing a new set of dice that's mostly why I'm a no
2: yeah I, I guess I'd have to say no too for like the same reason like the I guess the limited times that I have used them at all um I, I guess I've been honestly just more fine with the rolls so I haven't <laughs> I don't know. I've just been fine with the way I've been rolling. It's okay. Uh, no. Uh, but I, I don't know that I have enough experience with it to be able to say that, you know, that I would or wouldn't, but I don't think I would.
5: Maybe. Who knows? I can say I don't mess with the colors of my virtual dice because I avoid using virtual dice at all costs. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm really just, have a thing about that where i don't like the virtual dice because i i I don't have a good reason i just don't (laughs) i like dice
0: i feel the same way i like to have physical dice but i also like that the vtt does the math for me because i am not a quick math person in my head i can't just like bang out the number really fast so I do appreciate that. And I swear using a VTT for the last 2 years has made it made that even worse for me. So,
5: yet another Kickstarter that I was very excited about and missed, and I'm waiting for them to open it up for late uh pledges which they're planning to apparently. Um was a L- like a like a little uh LED dice that lights up and stuff, but what's more important is that it has a Bluetooth chip in it. And it connects to roll twenty and world yes, Foundry. You remember, I remember oh, that. Remember? Oh. And it's best of both. It's like a forty dollar D twenty, but yeah. best mm. of both
0: worlds.
1: Yeah, they saw they saw the demand and they offered the supply. Yeah, mm-hmm. for uh. On Foundry Virtual, so I play on two different virtual tabletops. Our Thursday game is on Roll20, and our Sunday game is on Foundry Virtual Tabletop. Roll20 doesn't have, like, the virtual dice. It just rolls the numbers and generates it. But on Foundry, you can customize not just your dice and how they look, but how they sound when you roll them. Oh, so you, yep. So So they can sound like the dice itself could be made of different materials, and then you can even change the sound of the table. They roll on, oh yeah, That's and incredible. You, can, you can have different effects for when you get a nat 20 and it seems, it's great. And for ver, it's if, for streamers too, if you stream and use Foundry, the dice rolls are public. If it's a public dice roll, it's public. So you can see the dice rolling across the screen <gasps> and it still does all of the math for you. That's cool.
2: Uh, well, oh, that makes yeah. It's, yeah.
1: it's so good. Gives me all the dopamine!
2: <laughs> <laughs> I can tell. And I love it. That makes me so happy. Right. Oh my god. I, Oh, here I go just learning new things on a stream. I love it.
0: <laughs> so good.
2: That's oh, one of the better yeah.
5: features D&D Beyond added, where, like, I my, my players just, we all, like, put our books on the same, same account so that we can uh, uh, just share them in the campaign or whatever, and everyone has access to those resources. But they started doing where if you have that like gold, like you're paying $5 a month, you get a free set of virtual dice every month. Or, I guess it's not free, it's included. But Dice Plus makes me happy.
2: Iconic and good.
0: I love it. Yeah, um, I've been playing on Fantasy Grounds. Um, not Unity, the original Fantasy Grounds for the last two years. And It's, yeah, it's easy to change the color of your dice, but, um, like, I can see my dice roll, um, other players can see my dice roll, but I don't think chat can if it's streamed. Hmm. Maybe it can. I'm not totally positive on that, but... I know they can can see the answer, but... yeah i've never heard of that one yeah yeah I mean, it yeah, sounds yeah.
4: freaking dope
0: i like it it's, I like- it's there's a lot to it but it's it's pretty comprehensive it's a really comprehensive one
4: yeah i um <laughs> as i'm looking at roll 20 desperately like there's a way to change the dice how what math ah! and no <laughs> i don't I don't know how to do any of that i i i feel like i've i've messed with
5: that a while back i'll i'll remind myself and i can send you a link or something later, or a screenshot.
4: Alright, cool. I'm just like, mess with the dice, no.
1: (laughs) We had to to turn our dice rolling off, because of a variety of... Most people, like, you know, our computers are all different, uh, everybody playing at the table, and the Roll20 dice rolling was not friendly for some of our potato PCs.
5: Uh, My players recently learned for Roll20, they're all chronic doodlers anyways, and learned that they have access to a pencil tool
1: oh on my roll God. So, I... Yeah. Yeah. We've got we, we have a lot of uh, of doodles. If you leave it on the splash screen, the DM will return to probably some cursed stuff <laughs> on the splash screen. Cause it's I there. I
2: love that so very, very much.
5: My players just leave stick men going through very story appropriate if not arrowing. Dragon fights.
1: <laughs> do they do they doodle like oh, no. they're a uh, unseen servant or their mage hands in the middle of the game?
5: Or or just like the 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 BBEG for that point, like as a stick man, it just says like this lich can suck butts or something like that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good.
0: Oh my goodness. Um. Alright, let's see. Next question we have is uh from Nekola the Druid. And Nekola would like to know, what is your favorite setting to play or GM in, such as High Fantasy, Old West, Sci-Fi, etc.?
3: That's a hard question.
0: <laughs> I didn't say it was easy.
3: Easy. Science
2: fantasy. <laughs> thank you i was literally going i was going to say sci-fi but then i realized no that's that is actually more correct to what i meant i don't know that i want fully a whole lot of science but i want it in like in whatever it is it's in modern day there's gonna be magic involved just what it doesn't really matter if the it doesn't really matter what the thing is there will simply be magic it's a great story mechanic that i like to use a lot um, and it's I I like a world where that is possible but not overused. Um, it's always a always a fun one. I can,
5: I can really get behind science fantasy, kind of like you said. It it brings the best of both worlds. And I've done a lot of science fantasy gaming. One that I really want to try that I haven't gotten to experiment with a lot is like that weird West, like Deadlands type of thing.
3: And I, I want to
5: try more of that because it's it seems really cool, and I, I have so many good ideas for stories. I think, uh, and then cyberpunk also is a is a big draw for me. I love cyberpunk type stories.
1: Yeah, I want to play more more cyberpunk, but I'm also in the uh, of the stance of yes, I want modern modern day, but with magic.
2: Yes. Um, there was a uh, campaign that I. We wrapped up the first season of this stream. Hopefully, we'll be back relatively soon. Uh, but um, I think it—I think it was kind of futuristic, but like it was futuristic. But the technology sort of like got weirdly integrated with plants, specifically in the nineties. Um, there's a—I don't know how to describe that. 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 And <laughs> but that so like yes we have weird hovercraft things but also like they're powered by plants life um instead of like anything else it's it was really fun and I'm realizing that trying to explain it out of context of the story it's like borderline impossible. I can't thing. find the
1: word for it, but it reminds me of this one arc from the Netflix reboot of Age of Ultron because they they went to a city that was like that where they had like tree plant magitech stuff. That was that was yeah. their civilization and that was so yes. cool.
5: One magitek. property that really hits like the perfect balance of science and fantasy to me. Uh Studio Ghibli does a really good job with it on several occasions. As does um uh realizing there's been some some drama with the creator. Uh, I thought Sword's Fall hit, like, a really sweet spot of science and fantasy.
4: Um, honestly, I like to use what I call, well, I call hope punk. Um, I'm a huge hope punk guy. Um, like, you know, the world we live in is, you know, pretty, pretty terrible. So, having... Having a game where you are the like hope and light for the world sounds dope to me, and so that and that giving the players agency to be like, well, time to go be hope and light all over these guys' faces (laughs) It's like, all right, here we go.
5: (laughs) I love that. What a good vibe. Familiar with that term, hope punk, but I like it.
1: I want to play in a game. Uh, So my group usually disregards some of the more nitty gritty type of rule sets like being really really strict with our inventory counting and our ammo counting and like the food and water so we, we usually hand wave all that stuff because we tried to actually track it once and it just slowed things down but I want to play a game a one shot whatever a setting where you have that is that is a core part of it maintaining your research like a survival kind of game
4: so you That's want dysentery Terry is what you're saying <laughs> you you want your character to try to ford a river and drown?
1: I want fantasy seven days to die. <laughs> oh
4: lord! Ooh.
1: Meets the forest.
4: Does Star Trek count
1: as science
3: fantasy? Star Trek is science fiction. Star Wars is science fantasy.
5: Well, oh right there. when technology gets to a certain point, when you like start getting to like the Q, who can just do anything with their minds, or like, so. it, it, does that reach a fantasy point?
4: Yeah. So it depends so, on how you do it, but yes. <laughs> you know, if, if, I want to. I want to. I want to thread this particular needle. The the sort of binary between the Star Wars, Star Trek, what is fantasy, what is not, is occasionally super goddamn gatekeeping because what people will say is like, oh well, this doesn't count as science fiction because they use the force and blah blah blah, but. And then people will say, well, you know, this is fantasy because they have teleporters and they could all this other stuff that doesn't actually exist in modern, modern science. I it's can't... a, it, well, that's kind of, kind of where I'm at is there is no difference. They both belong in the same category. Dorks from 40 years ago decided to make this into a weird culture war and it needs to just know <laughs> no. I didn't think about that. That's really, that's, that's, yeah. That makes, like, it makes sense to me. Like, dorks who saw, you know, the original Star, you know, who saw the original Star Wars were like, well, this is science fiction. And then some other dorks who were like, you know, old school Trekkies were like, well, no, it's not. And it's like, no, <laughs> stop <laughs> right now. We're not doing it. <laughs> so every, I love, t- I love
2: both of them. No, yeah. but that,
4: that's what I'm saying. Like, they're both super fun. They both have, like, fantastic elements that one could definitely be like, okay, this is not based in science at all. The, the one reason that Star Wars gets dragged into the fantasy is because, like, they use words like knights and stuff like that for, like, mythic illusions so that you understand what the hell you're coming in with. So when you see the six-tentacled alien wobbling by, you're not like, what the hell is even that? you have something, you have a frame of reference. Mm. Where at, so so people being themselves glommed onto that really hard and were like, oh, well, then it's fantasy. And it's like, no. It's They're the in space shooting lasers. Fantasy. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> it has the the like titles and elements of high fantasy, but blends it with... Futuristic things um, exactly. and things that may or may not ever actually exist, uh, but maybe they could. Who knows? Maybe at some point we'll be flying through space on a thing that looks anything like anything in any of those movies. But who knows? Uh, cool. Maybe that won't happen. But I, I always find um, when I'm writing that <laughs> when I'm writing and I'm trying to to answer that specific question of like, is the thing that I'm going to write to have fantasy elements or is it like and are those going to be the thing that it has more of or am I go- Or well, actually more accurately is am I going to let this just be magic and not explain this mm. or am I going to over focus on this and explain this to a point where it no longer becomes magical because we understand how this thing happened at a core level and the answer is stick with magic wherever possible because oh my god um, it is it's too stressful I don't I, can't. Oh, <laughs> I don't is... have time well, uh, the
1: <laughs> more the less the less you write the more the readers are going to fill in and then you can be like yes yes that is that is exactly yes yes and you, you just write it down for your your next piece <laughs> yeah oh.
2: Yes,
4: exactly. Like, this, this becomes somewhat of an axe to grind because a lot of people will say, well, you know, there was this, you know, there's all this magic in Star Wars and there's not as much magic in Star Trek and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, nothing is explained in in Star Wars. So, you know, it's fantasy elements. And I'm like, um, hey, y'all, I need y'all to go back and read some Arthur C. Clarke. Hey, y'all, I need y'all to go back and read some real old school grindy like what what they were calling science fiction it was all like that nothing was explained how did john carter get to mars who the hell knows he just teleported himself there through the power of being an old guy i don't know he just showed up so like that's why when people are like oh well you know this one is this and this is this i'm like nope they were all like that this is all the primordial soup of nerd and trying to parse it out is trash just don't do it It, if <laughs> you love it, is, it love
2: it, <laughs> hug it. it's great, don't exactly what it is at the end of the day is fiction exactly yeah. that the thing that is the unifying point under which all of those things follow mm-hmm.
4: i get right. I get real bent out of shape because people tend to try to use um try to use like oh, that's only science fantasy as sort of a way to like downplay certain science fiction stuff, and I'm like, no, that's not how that works. Get out of here. That's, that's interesting. I would
5: have never thought about it in that, like, context, just because like, as, like, spending so much time, like, as an English teacher and, like, in, in that type of world, like, kind of looking at tropes and, like, codifying genres becomes a thing, like, your brain just kind of does, I think. And I would have never thought about it in that context, so That that's really interesting.
4: Yeah, I mean, this is... So I don't want to I don't want to knock the the entire show off course, because I know we got questions to probably answer <laughs> and such. But one of this is actually one of my huge pet peeves regarding the RPG space. Guess what? Play it. If you like it, play it. I don't care. Like, oh, but I'm specifically like if you say like, hey, I'm specifically in a mood for like a game that looks at like spaceships and lasers and blah. Cool. cool. You know, here's like three or four that I could recommend that do that. Um, you know, but if you're like, oh, I want to play something that's more like medieval style. Cool. I can do that, too. My answer for both is Star Wars in some cases.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: But that's, that's not. Yes, it me. is. But that's not. <laughs> yes, it is. It, <laughs> 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 it, it is. it explores every theme you're looking at. What, what What else do you want that removes Star Wars from the running?
5: I need that as a shirt if you like it, play it. That I love that.
4: That, that should a great shirt. That cuz mm. yeah, like that that sh- that really should be everybody's like thing cuz guess what? Like we all pour out here and nobody making a million dollars. Play whatever you get your hands on. <laughs> <laughs> Have fun, exactly. love. Have
2: fun with it. That is the Boy. point. I, I, for a good chunk of time, I personally was like, see, I don't, I don't actively dislike any of them as I have seen literally every movie. Um, I've seen every Star Wars movie because I, I have made myself try very, very hard to enjoy that. The entirety of the franchise I've, I've genuinely worked at it and told myself I was completely incorrect, that I, and that I would enjoy these eventually. Um, and it's not- I have no issue with the storytelling or anything. I think there is just a part of it that, like, bugged my brain. And I realized it was sort of- <laughs> I have a hard time with space fiction that has any type of rules. Um, with the noted exception of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, because rules, what are they? It doesn't matter. It's fine. Also, I'm not going to explain anything to you. Just proceed forward with this one movie. Um, that's, that's, I don't know. It has its place. I just personally, I don't know. I have a difficult time exa- parsing out exactly which type of fiction I enjoy, uh, but... <clears throat> I would play a Hitchhiker's
5: I would play a Hitchhiker's Guide <gasps> TTRPG RPG in a moment. I kind of did. I did a charity one shot last year titled "Uh, it, it was like something like meeting at Benjamin's and like we were all playing in like an outer yes! space bowl. I was alley. in that
0: one too. Well, not with you, but I was. One? I was in that in, on a different day. Yeah. <laughs> and
5: my my team was the Hitchhikers, That's and we were so playing cool. like people that came in the towels. That was so good.
0: Yes, Ooh. that was a really really great event. Um, I played with David and Andy Tilstra and we were siblings. We were pizza people, but not like pizza delivery people. We were like pizza, the hut people. And, um, and it, we were like a mafia family. So, (laughs) so David was like about to take over, like the becoming the patriarch of the mafia family. And, um, and Andy was like, you know, baby nine pins, who was the the younger brother, and I was like the the complete ditzy sister whose name was Charity because it was a charity stream. So charity had to be there. And um and it was the <laughs> oh bet I think my, my favorite God. part was when um she like she goes to take her turn, like misses wildly, but just turns around and puts on marinara lipstick.
2: <laughs> work well done
4: I,
0: oh my god
4: out oh, here serving looks for completely missing shots
2: oh yeah <laughs> it was
0: but that whole event like just the whole weekend ev- all the games were so good
2: serving <laughs> looks missing shots is honestly every character I've ever made um, <laughs> just every single one just they're fabulous they're perfect yeah, yeah. Mm. but do they have their stuff together? No not not a, not, single, a not a single one of them. It might look like they do from afar. no mm. never, never once. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's the part of me that I inject into each and every character that I play. Um, <laughs> oh silliness.
0: Oh my goodness I love it. Alright well let's see The uh, The next question That we have comes From I lost my chat there it is uh, Comes from Zealzaddy uh, What major And the word major is in capital letters So you know it's important uh, um. Upgrade or change to the next iteration Of D&D or your favorite other TTRPG would make you the happiest
1: Oh Jesus That's a
0: Oof. It's Such a loaded question
1: <laughs> But- for D and D, I think for me, this is this is the thing that made me give Pathfinder Second Edition a, a chance at trying. We need more for skills. We need we need so Pathfinder Second Edition has like a tier system of expertise for skills, and they also outline actual things you can do with said skills. So I think the major thing. D&D needs to do in their next iteration is they need to stop leaving it up to the DM. Give them a list of ideas, give them, give them examples, but stop this vague, oh, let, the DM, let the DM figure it out. No, write down some things that can be done and let the DM use it as a jumping off point. Let the players use it as a jumping off point. Animal handling? I don't know what I'm gonna use animal handling for. Give me a list of what would apply.
2: Honestly? Yeah, I'm just gonna agree mainly because I don't know that I have an actual idea, (laughs) Uh, but but also because I that genuinely yes that I think that would have made every single experience that I have ever like had with D and D, which I suppose realistically isn't actually that many, but whatever. Um, it would have made all those experiences much better um, if I had had like a specific like type of like if I knew what applied where will also help me make a character better like or like
1: how you could use certain skills to like make money like the Pathfinder second edition rulebook is all about oh hey you can use this skill set to make money over downtime doing these tasks and depending on your level I don't need them to give us the tiers of proficiency as Pathfinder but just the list of things that can be done, how you can affect, like, society, things that you can do as a character and benefits you can get from it, I think that would be go a really long way of making skills more than just, uh, yeah, just roll this, it's less of a contest and more of an interactive part of the game.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
5: I have two, and they come from, that I think D&D could learn a lot from uh, Kids on Bikes. In, in two particular ways. The first is that D D doesn't have a way of ensuring that the players fail forward. And mm. I, I think in a lot of ways DD suffers from from the Gygaxian way of playing of like DD is about Liam O'Brien once said on Critical Role jokingly that D is about punishment. And I think he's Ooh. right, but that it's not good. <laughs> uh
2: <laughs> I-, I had never heard that before, and honestly, wow, um, that
5: just mm. yeah. But kids on bikes is adversity tokens, uh, saying that when you fail a roll, you get a token, which gives you a plus one to a future roll. I think is I don't know if it's exactly that the D and D needs, but something similar to to fail for like some process of failing forward, as well as a very a more clear and defined session zero layout in the main book that encourages players directly not hinting at it not designers tweeting about it but in the book saying that session zero is the time where you need to talk about what players are comfortable with and setting up your lines and veils and other safety tools to have a good time and encouraging everyone to take part in world building
2: Mm. yes agreed
4: I feel that in my soul and the volcano of things I want to say. I am keeping that on lock. Oof. Luna, I love you because <laughs> I'm keeping that on lock. You have no idea how much I want to say. Oh, boy. You, let me just say, Casey, ooh, you are right. You are <laughs> so right. And oh, mm. oh all right, I'm going to keep it in. Locked in.
1: You're a little spicy there, Shan. Oh, my
4: God. I'm feeling that spice because... <laughs> nah mm-hmm. no i'm not even gonna go down that road we're good um, i i am gonna say one spicy thing that that my that my uh starfinder fans might get mad at me for uh, i see i'm ready they need to go ahead and make a starfinder starfinder system into the pathfinder 2e system already yes.
3: oh my god yes oh Mm-hmm. At least, just the three-action economy. Like that's what I was gonna say. Like just for Starfinder, at the very least. Like
4: they're, they're oh. gonna. I got some. I got some uh, freelancer friends who will probably like throw a brick at my face for even mentioning that. But mm-hmm. nah. Mm-hmm. like the three-action system. The three-action economy makes so many things so much way better. Yes. But it also makes things like Starship Combat feel like they make a lot more sense to me because I can shoot I can shoot with one action and I can pilot the ship with my second action rather than it being like, well the ship sort of pilots itself if you don't do anything like you take a 10 on it and I'm like, no. <laughs> I just I want to be able yeah. to control all of it. I just need to revamp
3: entirely
4: the Starship combat real talk, I like it, but I see, like, I really like the Starship combat. I just think that if it had the three-action economy already baked in, like, from the jump, oh, yeah. it would feel smoother. It, w- it would just, like, you get in your ship, you fly your ship, you shoot with your ship. Cool. And that's all, like, one action set. And that feels really, really good.
5: I haven't played Starfinder, but it's one I've really been wanting to play. Do they do a good job? I I know a lot of games that involve, like, like vessel-to-vessel combat, whether it's seafaring ships or spaceships like, put a lot on whichever PC is taking the role of the captain, and a lot of times, a lot of players kind of have to sit and watch. Does Starfinder do anything to make sure that everyone's, like, included in, like... Yes,
3: yes. There's a bunch of different roles, um, like, the captain role, pilot role, gunner role, there's a couple others, uh, and each of them have, like, specific phases they can act in, uh, either adding bonuses to other people with their actions, or, like, you know, doing other things like piloting the ship, for instance, or shooting your gun. (laughs) But,
4: yeah, everybody has... At least something they can do on their turn. Up to and including magic officer. Like, nice. Can you imagine being the fucking magic officer on Star Trek? Like, You're the one who looks out for Q and the wormhole aliens and all that stuff. You just keep that stuff <laughs> on lockdown. We don't want to deal with any of that.
5: That would be the most stressed person ever. <laughs> it
4: would be really <laughs> interesting for like an RPG. Yeah.
5: I took three years at Starfleet Academy of talking to Q. Yeah.
4: Also preventing, like, time travel nonsense or falling into, like, the, uh... Falling into the Mirror Universe or any of that other nonsense that's just, like, what...
5: Hi, I'm the shenanigans officer. (laughs) Exactly!
4: (laughs) (laughs) I am here to prevent shenanigans. Mm. Oh...
0: (laughs) all right well we are about at the point where we're going to take a quick break so uh we're going to pause here uh lord richter i saw your question come in we will answer yours as soon as we come back from break and um, we'll be back in like 10 ish minutes so sit tight and uh, we'll see you in just a little bit
4: sit and eat post event it's great
0: i love it uh, that was
4: oh no i awesome. moved slightly i'm all left center now
0: no, no. i can fix it but i <laughs> i wanted to bring it back while we were talking about this because i was like this is too good for chat not to hear yeah. <laughs> how,
4: how many vampire how many old school vampire larpers do we have in the chat yo Give it up for Denny's or whatever your local <laughs> equivalent is, or
0: your twenty-four <laughs> hour, <laughs> or your twenty-four what hour equivalent. Uh, yes, we are back McDonald's from our us, break, break, as you can see, um, and we're going to dive right back in with questions. We had one that came in right before the break, so that's where we're going to start. This one came in from Lord Richter, who would like to know. Who are your favorite one or two characters modeled after? For example, I played a pirate modeled after Captain Kirk or a fighter uh, after... uh, I'm going to mispronounce this because I'm not familiar with the character Herger or Herger the Joyous from 13th Warrior. Mm. Mm.
5: My most recent character is a combination of the musical version of Alexander Hamilton, not so much the... Uh, the real person, but the one from Lynn manuel Miranda's brain. And, uh, the main character, whose name is slipping my mind in the very moment from the Count of Monte Cristo. Uh, Alexander Dumas' main character. I can't think of- Dantes? Is that his name? Something like that.
0: Something like that.
5: And then my last character was just David Bowie.
4: Nice. <laughs> like like just David Bowie that's it <laughs> it was like what's the character's name David last name Bowie
5: like, <laughs> like. <laughs> Jack and he was a fey wild uh or he was a uh a a drew or a Fay Bard with uh levels in fey packed warlock and the idea was I'm a big Shakespeare nerd and he was he was the changeling child that was adopted by uh Titania <gasps> in, in midsummer Night's <laughs> Moon.
2: I apologize. That was, I apologize for the screaming. That was my, um, that has been my favorite piece of, like, that, it was my first Shakespeare play, uh, on, like, I, I never have acted in it. I, I have come close multiple times, and every time I get sick, like, right before air. Oh, oh. no! <laughs>
3: my
5: first Shakespearean role was Lysander in, um, in Midsummer Night's Dream. And I love yes. that. Our Oberon quit the play like three nights before oh. opening night. Oh, no. And fuck played him as a sock puppet.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Iconic. What? I- icon. That's Complete the- and total icon. That is perfect. That is wonderful. It also had fun, like biting commentary in there about. It. Something or other. Anyway, I I I love that. That is great. Oh my god. Um, I I think the hmm the last character I I it was a hybrid of two um of <laughs> two superheroes that weirdly seem when I say their names seem like they should have something in common with each other but don't. Um, black canary and raven um they seem should have something in common being birds and whatnot no it's fine um but uh, <clears throat> I, I like birds in general I have a bird tattoo on this arm it is not visible it is right here though anyway um <laughs> but that uh that was the last one that I did and that was the inspiration for those two but the Others, sort of, um, generic awkward teen, um, was the, was the other one, but I don't quite have, like, a, like, a, like, an exact character, but, like, (laughs) it's one we are all familiar with, but I don't, like, I can't think right now of, of that exact character. It actually, that back, um, I take that back. Because that one was still Raven, technically. Um, but uh, Teen Titans Raven in the show. I guess. Um, largely that. Yeah. What a good time. I love those characters. Very, very fun.
4: Um, my character, Rupert, is based very heavily off of Adam Jensen. Uh, he is a mage in Mage the Ascension... Um, who is basically a sharpshooter. Like, well, not sharpshooter in terms of guns, but, like, he is a, um... If you take all of the cybernetic stuff and you leave some of it because he was technocracy, but you turn all of the, like, knowledge about, like, cyberware and stuff to finances, because he was syndicate. And so he's this brilliant, like, Adam Jensen-esque black guy who's just, like... Super duper badass in the weirdest ways because he could like foretell the future a little bit and like so he would know like how the stock how stocks would go and and then use that money to buy himself more basically cyberware (laughs) which the equivalent in uh in Mage the Ascension so yeah it was kind of goofy um my latest character felon. I was like, I want to make a FF14 Dragoon in D&D. And the D&D system cried. It almost buckled under me trying to make this thing. But I got it about to where I needed to be. You can't jump very high in D&D at all, and there's no feats to make you jump that much higher. So, being able to do like Dragoon Leap is not not really a thing, but I made it a thing because leaping off of tall buildings in Eberron is really, really fun, and then having, like, a token of feather fall, so I don't take a million uh, fall damage is like,
5: <laughs> Rewind to the what does d- the next d and edition need and add a
4: jumping feat. God. Oh, wait, did I answer that question? Oh, yes I did. Okay, now we're
1: good. <laughs> I, I haven't made, like, a PC based off of any character that wasn't for a one shot. So like I'll usually make my PC based on the game they're gonna go into. So uh, in terms of one shots, I did a character kind of based on Harley Quinn, not in terms of like mechanically, just in terms of voice and aesthetic. And you know, just her her overall goofy, but still pretty kick-ass self. But if I were to think about it, Persephone has a lot of influence from Pinkie Pie from My Little Pony and oh, Steven from Steven Universe. That is a lot. So that's like those those two bits of her are the most mm-hmm. overt. And then you've got a little bit of Rapunzel from Tangled Weaved In and a little bit of Anna from Frozen Weaved In. And that is that is her.
2: What a
5: fun time. Steven through characters if I think I think it's just I, I admire a lot of the Steven Universe traits a lot so that comes into a lot of like trying to figure out like I, I'm one that's like everyone roll initiative I'm like can we talk this out though is,
1: I was is, that like, player I was that hey so we have this problem with these centaurs they're kind of terrorizing people and they're like alright let's go kill the centaurs because this noble's going to pay us a bunch of money and then Persever, he's like okay but they speak Sylvan and I'm the only one that speaks Sylvan I think we can talk to them
2: I love that. That makes me so happy. That fills me with delight and joy in my. Spirit. And we didn't
1: have to fight the centaurs. Yeah. Uh,
2: I. That I think might be one of the reasons that um. That, hmm, what one? I will say it, it's fine. Um, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> sorry, Dane. Anyway, uh, but um. The things that like made me not want to play a DD as much with the group that I with my group of friends who I love very dearly, um, was the we will resolve this by fighting, um, more than like problem solving, which is why I like and also we wouldn't discuss it like beforehand. Um, one of the things that I like about, um, any of the <laughs> any of yeah. the ones that I've played that have been released to the general public and are like listenable and downloadable is that we've had like long conversations about what we were going to do and why we wanted to do it and had like goals set beforehand and like it we not even that we necessarily knew it was coming but we also knew like whatever hmm, whatever comes up we have this goal in mind we have like this 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 point that we want to hit so we're going to go toward that um, so if this thing pops up over here and it is a it is a fun tantalizing opportunity but also is a full distraction from everything we were supposed to actually be doing and could not possibly at all be related to whatever is actually going on we may just move past it or that section it might still happen slice it out the episode and it doesn't ever actually exist or see the light of day. Um anyway, but but it's still a fun time. But like the it was the fighting mainly that got me. Like I love I I loved it. Cause I, I, I love a good battle. I I, I do. Uh It. Mm, sometimes creative problem solving is fun.
5: D&D carries over I didn't start playing D&D until I was out of college due to, like, social pressures of high school, I guess. But something from my, like, video game RPG days of, like, I can't be mean to my Mass Effect characters has transferred <laughs> over to D&D for me where I can't be mean to the NPCs.
1: Mm. Oh, God, you know what? I think that did it for me. That might be it.
5: <laughs> uh, I mean get it. it <laughs> in Star Wars... Then things don't work out
3: yeah I I usually am that way but I I recently just made a character who um, who can call lightning down from the heavens and vaporize any building with with the lightning uh, so I've decided he's going to be a little mean because I've never been mean <laughs>
5: <laughs> I'm That's trying fair. to light- I'm trying to play a character that's like the ends justify the means type of guy, and it—it's hard. I don't. You have it. to
1: literally. Yeah. You have to just turn your feelings. You got to turn those off. Yeah. You don't need <laughs> them for this session. That is the only because I have moments like that with Nyx. Nix and Persephone are kind of like opposite in how they how they handle things. Nyx is very much like she knows how the world works, and she knows that sometimes you got to do things that aren't really great for like the greater good like we had a we had a session early on where we saved a bunch of these attendants in uh, a church or a, a temple of the oracle from these guards or the followers of this titan this tyrannical titan we had one alive uh he was asleep we we got him to sleep because magic and we tied him up But we had to leave the vicinity because we heard the oracle was in danger just down the hall. And Nyx was like, I'm not leaving him here to wake up and potentially escape and continue to harm the hostages. So she took her dagger and she gave him a swift death. Yeah.
2: What is going on? i mean it just makes sense it just adds up if you really cut if you if it really comes yeah i mean like the most of the
1: party wasn't there to see it but the only other PC that was has a similar mindset of like yeah that would have been very inconvenient i wouldn't have wanted to deal with that yeah it makes sense i didn't care for that It, it worked
4: I play. Oh, sorry. I was gonna say, uh, I play felon as a big, lovable himbo, and <laughs> yeah. he is like he is actually pretty smart. Uh, he is for all my Eberron homies in the audience, or homets, or whatever you want to call yourselves. Uh, Aber- this is he is housed to Denneth in Eberron, and uh, he is a big, lovable himbo. He's just like, uh, I'm going to be friends with as many people as I can. You know, I'm going to. He is currently courting someone from a different house, which if you're an Eberron fan, you know, that's a big no, no. But he's like, yeah, I don't care. She's she's nice to me and is my healer. So, you know, you got to love your healer. And so so he's just like a big squishy lug up into the minute combat starts. And then everything goes away. (laughs) He's just (laughs) like, you were gonna hurt my friends. Okay. (laughs) And then everything turns into a blender. And then he comes back out of that, you know, caked in blood. And he's just like, hugs for everyone. And everybody's like, what did you do? And he's just like, what? I I handled the
2: problem. There was a problem. I took care of it for us
4: every party needs
2: a himbo character yeah correct i simply that is simply correct
0: Uh, all right uh let's see the next question that we got came in from big bees and that question is what is the worst
1: multi-class
5: one of every
2: Mm. <laughs> yes, everything? I'm gonna. Uh,
1: no, you know what? That's the one
5: that you know, yeah, who that people who want to derail <laughs> <things>.
2: it's <laughs> fun. I just
1: I haven't it class, so I just don't have an opinion on what would be the worst multi class, but one of the players at uh in both of my games. He multi is just crazy, crazy whatever combinations, because he knows what he wants specifically. So I think mm-hmm. his current multi-class in our Thursday game is... Uh, Monk Rogue Cleric with the Lowland Fighter and I think Ranger? But it works! It <laughs> somehow <laughs> works! I don't know!
2: If you can make it work and do it with purpose... And it doesn't. Then it doesn't necessarily matter. It is when, again, back to the one of everything. It is when you have you have made you have made no choices, at all. That is when we have a problem. You have made no choices. You have made no choices whatsoever. And, because, or rather, I guess you've made technically every choice, which is in an effect making, no choices, unless you want to. Think then about the order in which all of those things happened. At which point, then. Yes. There is a YouTube video I saw where someone had done that. Absurd. Absurd! Thank you. That's the one. I, I hadn't. I, I just came across that video like a couple weeks ago and it, I. Just. <laughs>
4: When you I mean, watch a video, core. when you watch a video and it almost gives you a goddamn stroke.
2: Yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah.
5: We all know the words really multiclass, nice. though, is a level 20 bard.
4: Uh, so, uh, <laughs> so, okay, okay, can I, can I be a little spicy on the timeline here?
2: Sure. Spicy. Okay.
4: I hate the entire multiclass system as presented in D&D 5e. Oh. All of it. Ooh. It is awful. And the the reason why it's awful is because it does not, it will net you certain benefits of like this class or this class or this class or this class. But ultimately you will never reach your maximum potential in any of those classes, including your main class. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, agree, now, so now, now I'm going to do a plug because I'm a fanboy, so everybody who's mad at me about my spicy take can call me a fanboy, that's fine. Uh, In Pathfinder 2e, you will always reach your maximum potential in the class you choose. Mm -hmm. That being said, the archetyping system is like, okay, you might not get all of your class feats, but you are trading those feats out to dip into other into other classes. So, like, if, let's say, I want to be a fighter that's also a wizard, there is, like, a multi... They call it a multi-class uh, feat, but you basically take it as a feat. So by the time mm. I'm a 20th level fighter, I will have most of the stuff, like 99% of the stuff that I would get as a fighter, but then i also have... As much stuff as i want from being a wizard and not feel cheated Uh, that is very important is like okay well i'm a level three sorcerer but i'm a level 17 fighter it's like oh okay well you can cast like what three spells a day yeah why (laughs) like why are you doing this and they're like level
3: one (laughs) spells It's like they don't even do anything at
1: that level, uh, yeah, the, uh, <laughs> I, think, I think I would have to agree with that. I think the way 5th edition handles multi class is part of why I haven't tried it yet because I'll feel like I'm missing out on some of the cooler upple, upper level stuff that I was looking forward to. Like Persephone's all druid. We just hit 14th level, but if I like took a dip somewhere else, I wouldn't get my really cool teleportation circle feet that Druid Dream Druids get at 14th level. Yeah.
2: Precisely. I, uh, yes.
5: I uh I particularly and this is this is a recent thing that I realized because I'm playing I'm DM I'm uh GMing a game where a player really wanted to do a specific multi class for story reasons and was like oh I'm one point shy on uh, wisdom or intelligence or something and I was like fuck it do it put the class on there I don't care about the ASI minimums or whatever the ability score minimums ability score minimums are are dumb or sorry I shouldn't use that uh ability score minimums don't need to be done because I don't need the game to tell me what I want to do and if it's suboptimal I'm fine with that. Give me my wizard level and I'll be bad at it by my
4: choice exactly I, th- I think at its core that's what this is about right like when I think about why would you multi-class this is because this is the way I try to take everything. Why am I doing this? I have a million things to do in my real life. Why am I spending the time to multi-class?
2: Mm-hmm.
4: What does multi-class give me that just running through my standard class and getting all of the best benefits of that class give me within sort of the 5e realm, right? Yeah. And so... Um, and so... At that point... I'm kind of thinking to myself, well, if I dip into wizard as a level, like say ten fighter, what is that giving me? And it's like, well, not a hell of a lot. So why do it? Whereas, like in in say uh, in Pathfinder two, it gives me a nice like a nice little bonus, like something little. That doesn't feel like a lot, but if I keep going with it, it gets more and more powerful. So I feel like a decent wizard, you know. And you know, I'm a great fighter. Like I'm an amazing fighter, but I'm a great wizard too. And that feels good.
2: Mm-hmm.
5: I th- I think it's similar. I- I've enjoyed I recently started doing a Naruto D twenty game in the mm-hmm. D twenty modern system. And I like that certain prestige and advanced classes have like maybe five to seven levels in them, and it encourages you to kind of mix and match and make the character you want to make. Um, And it's like, yeah, I can have Genjutsu Master, but I can also dip into a weapons specialist or something like that and make the character I want to make rather than feeling like I have to follow a 20-level path.
4: Yeah, like, Mm. we're, we're, we're completely up to me, you know... I would just be like, okay, what choices do you want to make for your character? No, I'm not saying, no, we're classless now. I'm not going to do that because that's cheating. (laughs) Within a class-based system, what choices do you want to make? I want to be able Mm. to do this. I want to be able to do this. And I want to be able to do this. Cool. We can design something to do that. And we can give it a progression that's 20 levels. So you feel good from level one. To level 20. Mm -hmm. And that to me is the essence of what multiclassing should be. And we just don't have that. Like Mm -hmm. for as much as I for as much as I talk up Pathfinder 2e, even that requires you to be at least a few levels in before you start to sort of be able to pick from that other tree. Mm -hmm. So like we don't have anything that takes us from one to twenty as exactly what I want. You know? One fix might be a lot more feats.
5: Mm. that that have class flavor to them. I
1: think so. Um, yeah. In our Sunday game, we have a no multi-classing rule just to keep... It's the DM's preference for everything else going on in the game because it's already a lot for him. Uh, and I... Nyx is a cleric and she's got this weird uh, relationship with a titan that's kind of bullying her. And after an in-story event, I was like, you know it would be cool? If uh instead of a cleric, uh she had like warlocky stuff going on. So I took the the Eldridge the what is it, the feat that lets me get take a, an invocation, basically. And that that works because I still get what I want out of cleric and I get to have a little little touch of warlock stuff as a treat. Yep. Mm-hmm.
2: That makes sense. I uh When I think about that, that makes me think of um Oh boy, what is, what is the? Not me trying to remember what system it even was. Wow. Um. I, I feel like it was probably Monster of the Week. Um. The specific sort of thing in experience where um. Once you've hit a certain number of experience things. You can select something from another location, should you so desire. Um, oh, I actually I might be thinking of masks. I could be wrong. It doesn't particularly matter. There's a thing there where you can do exactly that, where, like, okay, this one move and ability here from this other playbook, I would... I would like that, please, thank you. Um, and then you can just sort of have that one. And it's fine. And there is no problem with doing so. Um, it's, I like that a lot. Um, it's one of the things that I enjoy most about the sort of, or long-term, um, long-term versions of those games that I've uh, played. Um, like the, the being able to sort of, as the story progresses, have a narrative reason that I have made a certain, like, a certain change. in um, <laughs> with, um, with Losers of Love Story, um, I had a few, um, the whole, we had centered that whole story around, um, <clears throat> well, obviously, um, it, chapter two, because, uh, of course. Um, but we, we each had, like, an individual theme going on, and then there was, like, a, a moment, I remember at least for my character, there's a specific moment where the character made a sort of big decision, um, and the big decision was basically actually acting, like, and actually doing a thing, and proactively making a choice. Um, in this particular case we did don't need to um, go to another playbook because I was using a pre-existing one that, like, yeah. But for narrative reasons, suddenly, uh, suddenly, Mikey's wielded an axe. Just, just throwing an axe around. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, what a moment. Um, it was a good moment, uh, but, like, there was a, a story reason to do it, even though this character wouldn't necessarily be able to, one, throw a punch, or two, um, (laughs) or wield an axe in a way that would be effective, but we managed to narratively make it work. I feel like that is almost the, or at least for me, that's, I guess, one of the more important things, is whatever I'm going to do, as long as I can make a, as long as I have a reason, as long as there is a solid reason that I'm going to make whatever choice for this character, I'm gonna make reasons that are um, not not simply based on necessarily just stats or things like that, but like a a reason as if this were a person, a reason this person would make this decision. Um, that's sort of yeah, that's my approach to it.
5: All right. Who asks, does it? You're
0: right. Okay. We have a couple more questions. We may not have time to get to all of them, um, but call me. They would like to know Uh, this started to come up a little bit ago. And so this was kind of a follow-up to that. What is the meanest character you've ever been?
3: (laughs) My, my weather mage. Oh, he is, he is great. Uh, So we were playing with a, a third party system spheres of power. Uh, and there's a, a sphere for weather and you can control the weather and there's a there's a um a prestige class for it um Tempestaria, which just like puts your damage up ten thousand times so you deal double damage to objects and you also you deal max damage every time so he's he's consistently putting out 140 damage per round on objects so he used that to his advantage um he just explodes the ground to just to make a point, really. Like if he if he's trying to intimidate somebody, he'll just throw in another lightning and just like BAM, and he's like, stand down! It just like blows yeah. up a building and like uh it's great.
5: My meanest character and and this is gonna sound ridiculous, was in a Pokemon DD game. Because we decided to play the rival squad, and we were all like <laughs> the rivals and my character reese Banyan was a jerk
1: (laughs) nice
2: (laughs) i love that
0: that's awesome
1: mine would have to be my tiefling brute fighter katie uh she started the campaign with the party basically like on probation it's like oh hey we caught you committing big crime. She was a smuggler for like a crime syndicate, <laughs> and the campaign started with her being like, "You have, you know, your last length of your sentence, uh, probation, serve some time." And that was with the party serving in the military, and she was angry. She was a fighter, but she she when I played her and when I attacked with her, it might she might as well have been a barbarian.
4: Hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh Rupert is a sniper. Like <laughs> Rupert Rupert <laughs> is a te- Rupert is a technocrat enforcer. You okay, but what does your- he you mean? Well well, hold on, but let me explain. Um before he got all before he decided to leave the technocracy because he's like, Okay, they're playing me for a chump. Um, he would basically they would call him in whenever there were um whenever the reality deviants, which is what you call all of the other factions from Mage the Ascension that aren't the technocracy, would start coming out of pocket, he would just be like, hmm, give me a minute. <laughs> and then a bunch of them would start falling down. <coughs> and then people would be like, I try to heal. No, you don't. Blam again. <laughs> I try to heal. Blam again. And then when people would be like talking to him afterward, like, "Oh, you know, you, you did all of this really horrible stuff, you know, do, don't you feel like a bad person?" he's like, "No, why <laughs> why would I? Like y'all are breaking reality. I'm stopping you. you're and but <laughs> but like that is a really messed up way to be. like you shouldn't just be you know assassinating people and kind of being cool with it. You should at least have some emotional, like, okay, something's wrong here. But no, he was totally like, no, they deserve it. They're, they're breaking the rules of reality. They're going to let in all sorts of interdimensional horrors if they don't stop. So I'm going to make them stop.
2: (laughs) Very justified in there. Very justified in, in, uh, in the, in the, in the, the brutal of of the well, choices and so I kind of like, get it that's the what I tend to play more often than not is the one that's like okay I'm generally really sweet and very kind but also I am harboring a demon and I will absolutely <laughs> commit ruthless acts of murder at the drop of a hat but only if you started it um, well, and like, so, so to, I don't know do you... that
4: I have a mean one to give you a little bit of like a tiny bit of background, and I promise this won't go on too long, uh, for Mage the Ascension, the technocracy is technically an antagonist faction. Uh, the tech, Like the, the main faction is called the Traditions and they are like a very diverse, very like, you know, we, we share all magics and we're learning magic together and we wanna change the world to be this beautiful magical tapestry that respects all cultures. Whereas the technocrats are like, nah, F that. Like, we're, we're gonna, no, science is the only way. And we will literally ice everybody who thinks differently. And so I was playing a bad guy. Like, this guy was a villain. <laughs> and he just, he sort of got out once he recognized, like, oh, wait, like the numbers aren't adding up here. Like, y'all keep telling me, you know, I'm doing this for the greater good or whatever. But when I look at it, Nothing is changing. So I'm going to go make stuff change. And then he became an elder goth and joined the Hollow Ones, which is the goth faction of the... Well, they're kind of (laughs) their own thing, but they're sort of the goth faction, and they're... Because he he thinks that he can be like... What is it? Like a benevolent... A benevolent billionaire, which... Yeah, that's some... Mm -hmm that gets into some intense role playing with all of the darkness that's in that character. It's like and you're going to be benevolent. Uh, okay. Think um if anybody's ever seen the movie New Jack City, which is probably older than most of the people in this chat. Um uh he's kind of the, the Nino Brown character where he's very much he very much sees himself as a Robin Hood sort of of the streets, even though he is fantastically wealthy and fantastically ruthless.
5: So green arrow a little bit, maybe. Uh,
4: Yes, but less with the, I want to be a hero thing and more of everybody who doesn't get the hell out of my way needs to die immediately. (laughs) Rupert is a bad guy.
2: (laughs) Rupert is a very bad guy. I would like to clarify, I am 10 months older than that movie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 10 months, I thank you. Like, I, I, like, oh. I am older than that movie, but only about 10 months. But that's that, That's something at the very least. Um, oh, God. But I also still haven't seen it. But there Yeah, is,
4: I'm 10 years funny. older than that movie. I'm just going to put that out. Anyway,
2: oh, I think
4: I'm, I'm <laughs> making a vampire character for an upcoming
5: game. Uh, and, and I think I may, like, embrace the, like, jerk. And villain. Yeah, I
4: see what you did there. <laughs> embrace.
0: Uh, <laughs> oh. Sorry, uh, take-
5: that was an accidental pun, but it's a pun nonetheless. I love it.
0: We'll take it. I think the meanest <laughs> character I've ever done... Uh, a, uh, I guess it was a little over a year ago now. I know it was a little over a year ago now. Um, I was doing a game that was a cross between... Uh, savage worlds and world of darkness appropriately called savage worlds of darkness. And um, so we'd use the lore from world of darkness, but the savage worlds rule set. And so I was playing a werewolf and she just like every day was just a bad day. Like every day she just gotten up on the wrong side of the bed. Which was fantastic because we played on Monday nights and I had an hour long commute either way to work. And so I just took like all of my rage from it being a Monday and commuting super long and just channeled it into that character. And there would be days that like, I would be messaging people on the side and be like, I swear, I'm really not mad at you. Claudia is just a bitch tonight. Like, <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: because she just was never like, I don't want to be here. I shouldn't, you know, like, because she was the only werewolf in a party of vampires. <laughs> uh, I There's hmm. no reason I should be hanging out with you guys. There's nothing like I want nothing to do with this. Why am I even involved? <laughs> and uh yeah she was just not uh she was not pleasant but she was a hell of a lot of fun to play because it's so unlike me typically like i just don't play that type of character very often so i i enjoyed every second of it
4: real talk luna i want you in a uh werewolf the apocalypse game so goddamn bad you have no (laughs) idea like all right let, let's see. Let's see how this goes when we crank this to absolute 11. <laughs> let's break the goddamn knob off.
5: <laughs> uh, oh, fun. We
0: shall see.
5: I, I Mom Luna 2022.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. You heard it here first, folks. Um uh, snap. <laughs> all right well we are about at the time that we need to start wrapping up um any questions that we did not have the chance to get to tonight i will post on our twitter account probably tomorrow i apologize if i'm a little slow i'm on vacation this week and so i fully am plan to enjoy my day doing absolutely nothing tomorrow um so i will get it posted and everybody that's here tonight will get tagged in the post so that way they can all see uh any questions and and all of that good stuff um but I'm going to have everybody go back around again and just remind us of who they are and where we can find them on social media and anything else that they have that they would like to promote. So Casey, we're going to start with you this time.
5: Hey, like I said, my name is Casey Williams. I'm the adjunct GM. You can find me on Twitch at that name, the adjunct GM, and on Twitter at t 931 though I'm going to be changing that to the adjunct GM at some point. I just need to get around to it. Um, I am an ambassador for Jasper's Game Day, which is a charity that supports uh raising money for suicide awareness and prevention. Uh coming up in two weeks. Uh I think on the twenty eighth, though, we may change that date a little bit. Uh we have a charity stream coming up for a game called High High Hopes in the Kitchen, which is a hack of honey heist uh by Grant Howitt, uh in which everyone plays cats. Uh my wife is gonna be GMing that and it's gonna be a really good time. It's a sequel to a campaign we did last year which is on YouTube. Otherwise, you can find me on Tuesdays playing games and Wednesdays as well, Fridays with actual play streams, and Saturdays we're going to be bringing back our cover-to-cover interview stream very soon. Also check us out on that. Uh, Find me on Twitter for uh, a lot of stuff about books and games and everything in between. Uh, Otherwise, uh, hope to see you soon. If you're interested in being on any of those streams, like an interview or in an actual play, um, I love having everyone who can get in and we learn together most of the times we switch systems a lot and uh we learn together.
0: Awesome. Sounds like you have a busy schedule coming up. Um well thank you for coming on and hanging out tonight and uh I I am I will help spread the word far and wide that you're looking for guests so just let me know. <laughs> um Shan, we'll go to you next.
4: Oh god. Okay, so I got to wait for the thing to pop up in chat so I actually remember um, you can all right there we go saved thank you wolf blood you're awesome um yeah so i mean for the most part yeah you're gonna find me at fenris chosen um you know got a patreon shamwolf.com. you'll you will eventually because not yet uh you will catch me on lunar howl gaming um if you join my Patreon, you will see me flailing at attempting to write a mecha RPG based on love and feelings called Ooh. Iron Stars Burning Hearts. Um, it is it is going to be hopefully super fast mecha fun, but also uh, how your emotions play into it. Because, you know, playing over... If anybody's ever seen Gundam Wing... Everybody's a goddamn overwrought teenager. We're doing that. Because I love Gundam Wing, and everybody's going to be like, but I love you, fires the gun. Going to be great. Um, I'm also going to be doing the two games I'm going to be streaming are going to be Aramis Towers of Heaven and Isekai Exalted. Aramis is planned for Session Zero on September 11th. There's reasons for that. But I'm a New Yorker and that helps my brain. Um and then I don't know when Isakai Exalted is starting, but it will be very shortly after Aramis. Like once we get Aramis rolling, we will we'll check out um we'll we'll get Isakai Exalted off the ground. Um I've got i I've got two casts of wonderful players. Everybody's chomping at the bit to go, so we're gonna make this happen. Um yeah, so that's me.
0: I may or may not have snuck over to your channel during the break and dropped you a follow. So Yeah. Um, well, thanks for coming to hang out tonight. And um, I'm looking forward to all of your new content. Yay. Remove Disk, tell us about you.
3: Hello, I am Remove Disk. Uh, you can find me on Twitter the very few times that I'm on at the same uh, Remove Disk. Um, I do check Occasionally. I promise. Um, you can also find me here on this channel on Wednesday nights, uh, playing Marktop the Collector.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming to hang out. It was great to see you again. It was um, a lot of fun. Yeah. And uh, we'll go to JV next.
2: All right. Well, a um, couple things. So you can find um, my voice and occasionally, um, Honestly, I'm gonna point out some of the podcasts that I have been on. If you would like to hear an example of me playing a game, you can go there. Currently the uh, one shot podcast is running heartbeats, and I am in that. That is fun. I I enjoyed that. It is deeply unhinged. It is it is the most unhinged game I have ever played. And it and I I love it a lot. Um you can also, uh, I mentioned Lucid's a Love Story a little bit earlier, um, but that is on, also on the One Shot Network. That is um, on the a, a Horror Borealis uh, like panel overall. It's on there. Um, <clears throat> and you can listen to me there on that and also on AHB 76. Um, and a fun recommendation. One that is an odd one. Uh, an odd one in that it's less—it's—it's it's not so much a game, but imagine if you will. After that long day of travel, where after that long day of travel in a D and D game specifically, um, where your characters have arrived at a destination, sort of, or just sort of need to stop for the night in general. Imagine if there's an inn, and this inn is just—and and that is what what the episodes are. For all the things that occur in that inn and all the conversations therein. Oh, that's cool. That is called In Between. I am not at the first two seasons, but those are really fun. Um, I enjoy the I enjoyed those first two <laughs> a lot. Um We are currently recording the fourth season, but the third season is where you can start to hear old me. Uh, it's a really good time. It's <laughs> Lots of philosophical conversations happening in there and just fun jokes and it's a really good time um, and very well written. Um, so that out. It's called In Between. I believe it's at gobl- at the gobl- ah, at the goblins head on Twitter. Um, and uh, I just, it's such a good show and I feel real blessed to be on it. Um, but in general, if you want to find me, I'm at black, golden, black, spelt, kind of fancy, B-L-A-Q-U-E, um, on Twitter. And, yeah.
0: Awesome. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on. It was great to get to know you a little bit. And, uh, you know, you. I will definitely be checking out some of your work, too. Oh, thanks. Yeah. And Mel.
1: Hi, I'm Mel, you can find me on Twitch and Twitter at Jelly Melly Draws. I stream primarily Saturday mornings where you can just hang out, listen to music and just see what I'm working on that day whether it's a commission piece, a personal piece or if I'm yelling at chat or my cats or any variety. But I'm also in an actual play show twice a week Thursdays and Sundays on Lionhead Gaming here on Twitch. Our Thursday show, I play my dream druid Persephone in our almost trying to stop the apocalypse fantasy world. We are getting towards the end game. So we've got really high level stuff, a lot of high level magic going on and a lot of plot. And our Sunday game is Heroes of Thylia where I play my prophecy tragic nymph cleric Nyx. And that is more of a Greek mythos game. We just started going into what's called Xander's Challenge, which is going to be our last test as the oracles chosen to see if we are really the heroes that were foretold that are also supposed to save the world. But at least the world knows it's ending in this one. That does help. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. Well, thank you all so much for coming on to hang out. And uh, we really appreciate it. I am Gamer Mom Luna. This has been tales from the tavern. We have been here uh, we're, we're here every Sunday night. We've been here every Sunday night, and we will continue to be here every Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, you can also check us out on YouTube if you missed any of the episodes. We upload our content to YouTube every week. And also uh, our episodes are available in Ears Edition, a.k.a. podcast form. Um, so you can also check them out there if you didn't get to catch the whole episode or if you would like to go back and re-listen and tuesday nights is our ripples in the gray stream which is a star wars fantasy flight edge of the empire game with a fantastic cast who is going to be welcoming a new cast member if i am correct they are planning to welcome a new cast member this week call me they is going to be joining them so that is very excited and exciting and we're looking forward to having having lex join the crew and then on Wednesday nights, as as Disc said, you can catch Fifty Shades of Crimson, which is our Pathfinder first edition campaign. and um, they are I, I don't even know anymore, but it's always a good time over there. so so you'll have to check those out. We've got some additional content that's going to be coming out this fall, so keep an eye out on that. And next Sunday, if you can make it, we might be celebrating a few August birthdays on the next Tales from the oh my- Tavern which means we're having a party and parties yeah. mean giveaways. So if you can make it, please come. We would love to see you. Um, I think we have 10 items to give away, maybe more. So uh, yeah, um, all kinds of D and D stuff, supplements, gift cards, um, cookies from critical hit cookies. So uh, we hope hope to see you then. Um, I was looking to see who of our friends are on right now, but uh, it's a pretty quiet night in the TTRPG sphere for, for people that we're gonna raid. So we are going to raid. So we are going to calm the night down, and we are going to go pay a visit to our friends, Turtles and Chill, to, uh, to calm the evening down. If you haven't checked them out before, I think you're going to love them. It is literally a 24-hour turtle tank. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs>
4: oh that is freaking amazing. It is,
0: it is yes. probably one of my favorite streams on Twitch, and uh, it's nice, it's mellow. They, uh, my, my, what I jokingly refer to them as is um, lo fi music, hi fi turtles. So, <laughs>
5: uh, I'm like just learning about this.
0: I, I don't know, but
5: like a shell of a time.
4: <laughs>
1: All can, right. can, we,
4: can we have Casey thrown out of the chat? Yes, I thought
1: really oh. about Casey off the island, please. I'm
4: sorry. Oh
0: my gosh. Well, like, I-
4: uh, like I love you, but no, you have to go away for that. Sorry.
0: Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Tales from the Tavern. You can catch this podcast recorded live every Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, at twitch.tv forward slash Gamer Mom Luna. All of our questions come directly from chat, so we never really know what to expect when we go live. If you ever have a question or would like to add something to the conversation, feel free to reach out on Twitter at GamerMomLuna and use the hashtag TFTT. You may just get to hear it answered. Thanks so much.
1: Yay!